Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Sharing space with us today is someone who has not only served as a big inspiration for me, but has also been an inspiration for countless individuals looking to confront their past, accelerate their growth, and embody the role of the creator in their lives. He holds a bachelor's in finance and business from the University of Florida, is a lifetime leader and coach holding certifications in language training, Reiki, and life coaching, has founded and sold multiple six-figure businesses, and most recently has embarked upon the journey of CEO and facilitator of Training Camp for the Soul, a company focused on connecting with purpose, overcoming fears, and living with clarity. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my man, Chris Marhefka, to the show. Chris, what's up, dude? Ryan, how are you, brother? Thank you so much for that awesome intro. Yeah, man. You know, uh, when I first met you, it was apparent you were a lot of person, you know, and, uh, and I dove right into that man and I've learned so much from you in the short time we've known one another and, um, gained so much wisdom from you. So, uh, to write an intro for you was a great, uh, you know, re- reciprocation. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I sometimes forget how many lifetimes that uh, I've lived in this one lifetime. And, uh, <laughs> it's always, a, it's always a great reminder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was talking with Sean Lazio yesterday on the podcast and, uh, we shared that same thing. And, and what I told him was like, one of my favorite part about the intros is reminding people of everything they've accomplished, you know, because mm-hmm. lest we forget, you know, we, we often forget, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially as men, you know, we forget everything we do. It's just like, yeah, next thing, next thing, next <laughs> thing, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be a reminder yeah. for you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm excited to Yeah, man. And, you know, it's such a pleasure and honor to have you on. As I was saying, you know, ever since first meeting you, I pulled so much inspiration from you and have learned a lot from you. And, you know, for those listening who are just hearing about you for the first time, I'd love it if we could relive your journey as it's such a great example of what can happen when we are able to tune back into our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how far back do you want me to start? <laughs> as far back as you think <laughs> is necessary, brother. <laughs> Your whole cool. journey is so amazing, man. So yeah, anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, mm. I um, I, I usually start with with something along the lines of of I lived the most traditional, conventional American boy life there is. Uh, <laughs> I was raised in like this this like lower lower middle income house, like. And um, had had all the traditional childhood, played soccer growing up, like had a, had a, two great parents who loved me. And um, I, you know, I, I was told like all of the cliche American values, like, go, to, go to college, get a great job, um, have a white picket fence and the wife and the two kids and the dog. And, <laughs> and that's what the first 30 years of my life looked identical to and i was pursuing that um with every shred of my uh perseverance and my power and my strength and i was just going after that what happened for me though is that because i learned how to work hard and i learned how to achieve i achieved all of that before the age of 30 Mm -hmm. and i was sitting there on my 30th birthday and 
I had just gotten married. I was actually honeymooning in New, in New Zealand on my 30th birthday. <laughs> like this dream trip, yeah. I had built two very successful businesses who were operating without me. I was traveling for six weeks in New Zealand. And um, I, I had the wife, had the house, had, the, had all the things that I was told that I should have. Um, and this was after about, uh, about nine years as an entrepreneur at this point. And, um, on paper, everything looked great. Everyone looking from the outside in, like never would have known anything but this like perfect model life. But what was happening inside was that there was so much doubt. And there was so much confusion because I had all of these things, like, like these things, mm. but there was still this gaping hole in me that I used to call fulfillment. Um, and really what it was, was I was kind of fill my entire life with, with things to light me up and to bring me happiness, joy, and love because I didn't know, I, I wasn't taught how to generate those things internally. I wasn't taught that um, loving myself was that finding fulfillment in myself and um, just by being alive and being was the journey. And so I was just, I, I was going after and doing and doing and doing. Um, and I got really good at it, which was great. Mm. But I got to the top of this ladder that I was climbing and I looked around and the view was not what I imagined. Mm. And so at that point, it was uh, about a two year journey of unconsciously self-sabotaging many areas of my life. I didn't know this is what I was doing, but essentially I started burning things to the ground that I unconsciously was aware was out of alignment. Mm. And it wasn't like I, I, I was, I was doing great work. I had great businesses. I had great staff and a great community I built and uh, a great wife and, and like all these things were great. And so it wasn't inherently bad. It was just, it wasn't for me at this point in my life. I was living someone else's story as opposed to my own story. And I unconsciously become, became aware of this at around 30 years old. And then the next two years was just burning things down. I was making decisions for my ego. Um, I was self, uh, sabotaging relationships um, and, and losing a lot of the money that I had worked so hard to build because there was this recognition that I actually didn't care. Like, I really didn't care about it, and I didn't know why because everything in me was taught me that I should care about it. But it was... Um, it still wasn't bringing me happiness. Mm. So I was like, well, got to do something else. <laughs> so um, I, at that point, I had, I had done over 10 years of personal development where I had all the tactics, I had all the tools, and um, yet still was running into like these same problems that I didn't figure it out. So somewhere around 32 years old, I was, uh, I was actually on a road trip heading back home. And I had this emotional breakdown where I realized, like, I don't actually want to go home. I don't want to go home to all this, all this uh, that I've created and that I've built and these, all these things because they're not actually who I am. 
and I don't identify with them anymore, and I don't know what else to do. And so it was just like the thought of bolting, of running, and escaping this life. Um, and fortunately, uh, a mentor directed me to a program that now I, I happen to run as CEO called Training Camp for the Soul. <laughs> and doing that program for me, uh, January of 2019, um, was the most impactful step towards living the life that I've created today uh, and really the life of my dreams because it taught me that I was doing exactly as I was programmed to do, which was follow this script that I was handed. And when it gave me permission to write a new script and taught me how, I took all of those lessons of hard work and perseverance and grit and I applied them to what I really wanted. And so a period of, of a year to 18 months, I, I integrated everything. I went hard. They actually, <laughs> my mentors called me the rocket ship because of the, the trajectory <laughs> of my growth. Um, and it's because I know now what is truly possible when the heart, the mind, the body, the actions, the words, the thoughts, the emotions are all aligned. And so it's, it's unstoppable. Um, and so that, that brings me to, to where I'm today. And I, I say genuinely that I'm, I'm living a fulfilled dream life. And that is accessible to anyone at any time. Mm. Yeah, man, that's, it's such a powerful How's journey. That? <laughs> Dude, that was perfect. A plus. <laughs> if you could get an A plus plus, you'd get it. <laughs> Screw it. It's our world. Perfect. We can give you an A plus plus, you know, this is our world. Yeah, now. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, you know, so many things in your journey and your message, uh, a lot of people resonate with, you know, and I know a lot of the listeners are going to resonate with too, especially like, you know, doing all of these things that are considered success, quote unquote, and then getting to a point where you look around and you don't like the view. You know, I really resonated with that because for a long time, that's exactly the, I mean, really up until the last year, that's the path that I went down. Um, and, you know, from going to school, from, you know, doing what people told me I should be doing and, you know, kind of liking, you know, where I was going. Like I, I genuinely had an interest in psychology, um, which is what I went to school for. But, you know, once it got to the point where, you know, they were laying out career paths and I was like, I don't want to sit behind a desk in a suit and tie every day and ask people how they feel, you know, <laughs> not in that way anyway, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, so I, I totally resonate with that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are going to really appreciate hearing that because what came out of that and, and what I really heard in that was you can change at any point. Like you can decide, like, even though you might have worked your whole life for something, you can decide in any one moment that that's no longer you. That's no longer what you want. And I mean, look at the development you've had in the last year alone, let alone the last couple of years. It's, it's incredible. You know, I mean, you've built a whole entire new way of living for not just you, but countless other people, you know? And so uh, I think that's super powerful, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious too, because you've had tons of different entrepreneurial journeys. Like we just spoke about, um, you know, the B3 gym, eat the 80, um, you know, your work on three, two, one, go project and even your time as a TV host and altered, um, yeah. you know, those are all, I'm sure different versions of Chris, you know, depending on what side of the coin you look at. And so, you know, I'm curious, what did you learn about yourself during those periods of your life? Oh, I, I love that you asked that question. I even <laughs> forgot about some of those things, some of those lifetimes that yeah. I lived. Um, 
what what I learned during this period of my life where I was trying a lot and I was testing a lot was how truly capable I am. Mm. How I was able to um, to go after something, test it, tweak it, and then in a very short time be able to, and I don't like using the word master, but do mm. it. Mm-hmm. So literally do it and, and to be, to have some level of success with it. Um, what, what was useful about that was that it helped me develop a very broad set of skills, um, that were really useful in business. But the way I see it now is they were significantly more useful in understanding humans and understanding people. And I believe that is one of the most valuable tools that I have in my toolbox today is understanding both the uniqueness of every person, but also the similarities of all of us. Mm. And it was a concept that I started understanding when I had 30 plus employees and businesses and I was, I was doing the TV show and um, just like understanding people's journeys. I realized that for most of my journey, entrepreneurially in business, I've simply just been asking questions and listening, mm. whether it be with clients or employees or business partners and just asking questions and listening. And that process has led me to understand a lot of different perspectives, which is really what I see my work as doing is whether people know it or not, we're all living in some version of a box or a cage. And it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just, it, it, it is. Uh, and that box or cage is just our limit to what we believe this life can be. And what I do in my work is because I have all these perspectives and I can hold them all as valuable, I support people in expanding the walls of that cage. Mm. And, and in a lot of ways, shattering them down for a period of time <laughs> and until people start bumping up against a new one and yeah. we're always bumping up against something yeah. but it's just a matter of like how much is this controlling our life how much is it holding us back and for a lot of people their self self-created contained walls are keeping them stuck in a life that most people don't actually enjoy mm. and so i support people in expanding those walls to include options that they never thought possible. And um, like during that period of time, like I started seeing like all the options that I could do. And so like unconsciously, like I was filing all those things away. So like, Oh, you can, you can do this. Like you can, you can stand up on front of a camera and do a network TV show. Like (laughs) you can go speak on stages. You can, you can coach in this arena. Then you can coach in that arena. Then you can coach in this arena. And, um, yeah, so all these things are just building more and more data. And I think for, for most people, the story of, um, the story that we're sold around, like, school and traditional knowledge to, to, to do something is, is, uh, I'll just say it, bullshit. It's straight bullshit. <laughs> but what it does is it, is it keeps people contained in this, like, um, the fact that they've already invested so much time and energy 
they're literally writing off their entire lives because they feel there's no other option. Because what are they going to do? They're going to go back and live another lifetime of school to do something different. And what's much more accurate is that none of that has anything to do with what people are truly capable of. Mm. And most people are actually suppressing their true gifts to live out that story. And when you, when you set that story aside of like this traditional knowledge model, um, and by traditional knowledge, I just mean like the book learning and the memorizing. Wisdom is very important, mm. but that wisdom comes from experience and integrating it into our life. And that doesn't come in a classroom. And when people set that story down, they can start to dive into, into the things that actually light them up. And what they'll find almost instantaneously is that if, if they're living in their gifts, they're probably better than 99.9% of the world of, at that thing. Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of effort, they'll be the best or one of the best because we all have very unique gifts that we get to share. Um, and it doesn't take, doesn't take half a lifetime of school to bring those gifts online. They're inherent in all of us. Yeah, I so agree, man. You know, <clears throat> you brought up so many great things there, like, you know, being able to be capable, you know, uh, the first thing, you know, is, is such a strong idea, you know, like feeling capable mm. to do things right with all your entrepreneurial journeys. Um, you were able to gain that and that's, you know, directly translated into now you being able to connect with people, um, and unlock mm-hmm. their potential for them. Right. And provide the key that unlocks their own greatness. You know, I loved how Sean Lazio put that in Colorado and, you know, for many people listening, I'm sure like the, the idea of just taking action, right? Like messy action, right? And just doing uh-huh. things and realizing like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome, you know? And just mm-hmm. understanding that is, is just incredible. And, you know, one of the things you brought up too was like being able to like what I heard was like not even understand, but understand yourself, right? Like be able to mm-hmm. understand like, what you are on the inside, what your unique gifts are, and then how you can apply those to make the world a a brighter, greener place, you know? Um, And I'm curious, you know, you talked a little bit about stories, right? These stories that, you know, you and I are very familiar with um, that, Mm -hmm. you know, either, um, you know, help us or hinder us, right? And so I'm curious, like in your own words, what are stories and uh, what is story work, right? Well, how do we work on these stories mm-hmm. to be able to empower ourselves with new stories that can facilitate our growth? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, when I refer to stories, I'm usually talking about like the story of our life, our identity, what we identify with. And the way I think about that is a movie literally a cinematic adventure and you are the lead character. You're the, the main actor, actress, and you're also the director. You're also the writer. You're Mm. also the producer. You're, you're, you're every role in that movie. Um, and you're every role in creating that. And what happens is, is that most people, are showing up in the movies with a script, a story that they actually didn't write. They think they wrote it because they're making little decisions like, oh, should I wear a blue shirt or a red shirt today? 
but their underlying belief systems that are running their entire life, running their scripts, were programmed for them before they actually were conscious enough to make those decisions. They're, they're, it happens in childhood development. And mm. so, so they're, they're playing out a script. They're living it. And what's happening is they're casting other people in this movie to play these other roles based on what the script says. And it's the reason why so many people recreate the same problems in different areas of their life. And I say create intentionally because they're just living out a story and other people are filling the role. So the name might be different, the face might be different, but it's happening because someone needs to fill that role in the movie. Mm. And when they realize that, oh, I can actually change this scene altogether and it goes this way, what that does is that that gives them awareness. It gives them the awareness that just because I have been playing out this movie this way, it can shift at any time. And the story work is, it's not just playing out in our actions, it's playing out in our minds as well, in our thoughts. We were actually taught how to think. So like these thoughts that are repeating, like I'll use the example of capable. If I have the, the thought of I'm not capable, like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Like, oh, I've got to go to school. These are all limiting belief systems. And what happens is if, if I'm coming from those belief systems and I try something and, like, it doesn't work out exactly like my expectations, which is silly that anything <laughs> would work exactly like your imaginary expectations, but it doesn't work out. And then what I do is I say, oh, yeah, that's evidence that I'm not capable. And so I'm just reinforcing that story. Take the flip side of that and, and someone coming from the story of I am capable and they do something and it doesn't work out exactly like their expectations, they say, of course, this is the way to go. Like, oh, it's actually supposed to look this way. Oh, great. Like, I'm one step further along in being capable of doing this. And I know that this is all part of the process because I know I'm capable of this. And so it's a very different perspective. It's the perspective of like, like, oh, proving myself wrong versus oh, proving myself right. Mm. And yeah, most people are conditioned to always be proving, proving the things that cause suffering for themselves right. Like that's what most people are doing all the time. They're like, yep, told you. Like, there's no good men out there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Told you, they're always highly emotional. Yep, I can never get a good job because I didn't go to school. Yep, this and, and just like fill in the blank with like all of these things that people are so tied to being right about the things that suck in their life that they're keeping themselves stuck in the things that suck in their life. But if they, if they just for a moment detach from oh, maybe this actually isn't true, but it's just aligning my script so that I've been following, then that would open up, again, open up that perspective, that awareness, so that they can even, just for a moment, change the line in the script and be like, hey, let's do one outtake. And in this one outtake, I'm going to say this instead of this and see how that goes. Hmm. And then that story work. It's literally you're, 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 you're flipping the script. And then you do it, and you're like, wow, like, like that was different. <laughs> like, wow, that, that gave me a different outcome. 
um, let me try that again. And you just keep repeating it, you keep practicing it. And what happens is, is when you practice the script, you memorize it. And it now becomes the movie. It now becomes your identity. So it's just like acting. It's like we at first need to act out the new beliefs because they don't feel like authentic yet. It makes complete sense. It's like, oh, I've never seen this script before. <laughs> like, of course it's not going to, I'm not going to have it memorized, but I am going to practice it consciously yeah. and I'm going to take actions toward it. And, and what will happen is one day you'll be like, oh shit, I've memorized a memorized script. I was like, I'm this new person. Like I'm literally living my new movie. And that's a cool, that's a cool fucking moment. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many things there that you brought up that I have said in different ways. Like one of my favorite things, um, I made a post about this actually about a month ago was, are you arguing for your limitations or your possibilities? You know, and that's exactly what you were talking about, you know, with the whole mentality of like, oh, like life is happening like to me or life is happening for me. Right. And, you know, that's been such a huge cognitive shift in my life. Um, when I first started, you know, my self-development work, um, I understood even before I really got into language or story work. Um, I mean, I guess I was doing story work. I just didn't have a name to put to it. Um, but, you know, I understood the power of how I thought about myself and what I was telling myself about myself. And, you know, maybe that was from psychology or whatever, but um, it wasn't until I really got into story work that I was able to really dive into each individual story and rewrite them. So they, you know, they actually fostered my growth, you know, and it's yeah. like, it's like that winner learn mentality, right? Like you were talking about the person that looks at life as, you know, happening for them is going to say, Oh, of course I got it wrong. That's part of the process. You know, now I learn, yeah. you know, <laughs> and you know, these days, like I'm genuinely excited when I get things wrong. Um, because it's a great, like growing opportunity and learning opportunity. You know, um, my dad used to absolutely kick my ass in chess every single time and I'd get like frustrated, you know, as like a kid, you know, and, uh, cause he just beat me so fucking bad, you know, but he'd always tell me like, Hey, listen, like you only learn, you know, you really only learn things from losing, you know, I mean, sure. Mm -hmm. You might learn a couple things here and there from winning, like, Oh, that strategy worked or something like that. But you really learn a lot when you get things wrong, because a lot of times in my own case, when I get things wrong, I get wrong what I thought I knew for sure. Right. It's never the things uh -huh. you think it's what you know, for sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, and that was like a aha light bulb moment for me, you know, and you know, you were talking about memorizing, right? Like memorizing this new version of you, this new story. And I thought immediately of affirmations, right? Like that's what affirmations mm -hmm. are. And I thought of yeah. something that Brooks said that applies perfectly to affirmations too, which was he was talking about tarot and he was saying like, now listen, these cards are not like, you know, uh, future cards. They're not going to tell you your exact future, but I didn't say they won't get weird, you know? And it's the same with affirmations. Like, <laughs> People are like, what is this going to do? Like, I don't believe it. And I'm like, listen, you know, they're not going to change your whole life in one day, but I didn't say they won't get weird, yeah. you know? <laughs> I, didn't Yo, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, weird. yeah, it's like that first time that you realize like, oh shit, like you were talking about like, I'm living my new story. Like, oh my God, like that's when it will get a little weird, but it will be like that, like little touch of magic that 
we all know mm-hmm. exists in life at some point. Oh. You know, like when we're kids, we have imagination. We realize magic is real. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, mm-hmm. you know, they, they kind of drive it out of us because it doesn't fit the paradigm of like society and such because we're not good worker bees when we're, you know, thinking about, you know, things and imagining things all day. And so it gets driven out of us. But, you know, it's, it's, it's also funny that like, uh, what I've noticed about my own life and, and it sounds like what's happening with your life a lot too. And with a lot of the guys who've been hanging out with a lot of people in the world right now is that, you know, you start life as a child, right? You start life really enlightened. You know, you start life in enlightenment. Um, you know, you're just so happy to be alive. Everything's brand new. Right. And then over time, you know, society tries to keep you in this box. Hey, you can't say that. Don't do that. You got to wear this to this plant, put your fork on the right, all these different things. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, you mind your P's and Q's, you be a good little boy or girl. And then at some point around, usually, you know, like mid twenties, early thirties, you realize like you did like, Oh shit. Like, I don't like the view here. Like I didn't, I didn't intend for all this. Like I did everything that everyone told me I should do and I'm here, but I don't have the feeling that I'm looking for that fulfilled feeling. And then it's like a regression back into childhood, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, it's like, I'm becoming a child again. You know, I'm becoming an adult child where like I can Mm -hmm. be just super happy hanging out with my friends and like, you know, just running around in the yard like in Colorado like dude one of the funniest memories I have from Colorado is like you know that day that we journeyed and uh you know Danny was like hey you know make sure everyone you know like has their own chance to have their journey I'm like okay cool so I'm meditating for a while and uh I'm like you know I want to go outside you know it's a nice day out I go outside and everyone's just running around like little kids (laughs) half the people are naked I'm just like this is awesome (laughs) it was so so funny it was so funny I'm like yep this is where I parked my car I found my tribe (laughs) (laughs) you know and you know, so I'm curious, I know we've dived into this a little bit today already, but you know, your development, your self-development, you know, you said that when you had found training camp, you had already spent 10 years in self-development. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, has like self-development been something you embodied your whole life or did it come like more so later on as you got into your later years? You know, like, did you, (laughs) did you embody it as like a teenager too? Were you always trying to do things to level yourself up or did you find that fulfillment (laughs) in that, uh, in that activity later on in life? Yeah, that's a really great, great question. And I've been observing patterns as the result of like facilitating a lot of people through this work. And what I've noticed is that the way in which we develop our body, our mind, our emotional system, our spiritual system is very, they're all actually very similar. Um, and they get, they get less tangible though. So what I found is that when I look back, I was always developing, it was first my body. Like I was very much into sports and fitness and I was, I was the one who was like always trying to, like shave a second off of my mile run. And I was trying to, to, to lift like one more rep or one more pound in this thing. And so I spent a lot of like my, my early years all the way up through my twenties really focused on that development of my body. And then it started crossing over to my mind as well. I got into endurance sports. I was doing these 24 hour races and actually ironically just stumbled across some photos of me. About 10 years ago, I was doing this 24-hour obstacle race, and um, you can just see the determination and the perseverance on my face, just the pure flow state focus. Mm. And what I, what I learned about myself was that it first came online for me 
physically and then mentally. And then when I found training camp, it was emotionally and then eventually spiritually after that. And so, but the development process is very similar, but it gets faster the more you do it. So I found that in some area of my life, I was always seeking to improve something. So that was the gift. The gift was that like I, I, could, I could identify something and I could say, okay, how can I make this better? And then I would just do it. I would take some guess, guesswork to make this thing better. And so for me, the development work of the 10 years before I found Training Camp of the Soul was all that. It was all just taking these shots at like shifting these patterns, shifting these beliefs. It was shifting my story. I was just identifying, okay, I'm doing this. This is working out. This isn't working out. What can I do to shift this thing, this thought, this behavior, this habit? And so I was already, before I knew it, I was already practicing uh, development. I was practicing healing and integration. What was, and so it was really useful that when I did, and that's the reason why I, I think that the emotional healing work and the belief system work with training camp of the soul was a rocket ship for me is because I had been building up my skill set up until that point so that when I got the tool that like was really the thing holding me back, it was just pouring rocket fuel on what was already a finely tuned machine. Mm. Um, and so for some people, it doesn't happen as fast because maybe they haven't even learned how to integrate new habits yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't even looked in, they haven't looked in. Maybe they've never dropped into their body. Maybe they've never um, looked at themselves from an objective perspective. And I had done all those things. I had like, even though I didn't get it, I was trying meditation. I was trying, uh, I was doing breath work. And no- nothing ever really clicked until I did training camp of the soul though. So that's what I was saying is that like I was trying things and I was implementing them and I was getting like incremental returns. And I found that was, was for me, the thing that I was really holding on to, the last belief system that, that, that was really um, led me to this deeper inner work was that I felt I needed to control and understand everything. I needed to cognitively understand how this I needed to be able to control the process of how I'm getting there. And to control it, I need to know it. I need to know. And so what that was actually doing was slowing me down to the point to where I could actually understand things, which is actually very slow. Um, and this is coming from someone who's, who's read over 100 books in a year before. Like the way in which our mind actually processes things is not very complex. It only does it by repetition. And that's why when we learn how to walk at first, it's a mess. You're falling all over the place. And then eventually, like, you start to walk, and then you never have to learn how to do that. How amazing is that? All the, all the mind is doing is it's taking all of the data before it and then tweaking it and then redoing it, redoing it, redoing it. And that's what happens with our belief systems and our thoughts and our emotions is that the ego, the mind, is only regurgitating the input that it's getting, which is the belief system, these unconscious things that 
most people don't even know are running a show. And when I got to that level, I was like, Oh, and I changed, I like, I learned how to heal and shift one of these like core belief systems. And then I just, I took the skills I'd learned previous. So I was like, I integrated it. It was like, boom. It was just like this explosion of growth. And I was like, Oh, this is how it works. I just tell my mind what it want, what I want at a deep level. And then it just repeats the process and it just gets better at that. So I was just making the mistake of telling my mind unconsciously the things I didn't want. And so I just learned how to shift that. And, and, and this is all I'm, I'm saying is very like cavalierly, but the deep unconscious work is not something most people are taught. In fact, I've never come across someone that inherently knows how to do this mm. without learning it from someone. Um, it's been largely conditioned out of every human that I've met. And it, it's because, especially in the Western world, we're really taught that the mind, this conscious mind runs the show. But it's not accurate at all. Like brain scans will tell us that even a very conscious person is only making conscious decisions about 10% of the time. And someone who's in fight or flight stress response, which most of the American population is, all the time, it's less than 2%. So that means that less than 2% of your day, you're actually directed on a conscious level. That other 99, 98% is just repeating the process, which is what the mind does. It's just repeating and repping the process. And so once I learned that, learned how to tweak things at a, at a, a belief level, I was just I was just writing new script. I was essentially a new programmer for myself. And when I sent that script up to my mind to become thoughts and actions, um, I just had the tools already to, to like do it well and do it fast. And so it was really useful for me. But I think that the process is useful no matter what people have done in their journey. Um, I do think mindset work and story work and cognitive development is very useful. I think it's very helpful until people bump up against the point to where they're still being stuck. They're still having arguments with themselves in their mind. And once that happens, it's time to really address the unconscious belief systems um, that you're not, like, you, you just can't think your way through anymore. I call it mental gymnastics. It's like this, the more intelligent you are, the better you are at like thinking your way through things and like out of problems. You can, you can literally reason anything. You can create these whys and these elaborate scenarios. And you can come up with these reasons, but does that actually make you feel better? No, it makes you feel worse because the problem's still there. <laughs> and so we just teach, teach people how to like put that process on, on, on the side shelf for a moment and go into a much simpler process of like feeling what's actually there and dealing with um, these unconscious, like lower, like deeper things that are driving the show. Mm. Yeah, man. You know, I agree so wholeheartedly with all of that. And I'm so glad you brought up the conversation of like the three bodies, the mind, body and soul, because, um, you know, I, I often say to my clients and also just in like the conversation that, you know, 
we've been taught that we're a mind having a body and a soul experience, but really we're mm-hmm. a soul having a mind and body experience, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. we've also been taught that, you know, our mind is like the ultimate uh, overseer, right? That's where all of our, right. like, you know, the brain, the brain is the most important thing, you know, and, and yep. really like yep. the, the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60 times stronger yep. than the, the EMF yep. from, or the uh, electromagnetic waves from the brain, you know? And so like heart yep. math, Heart math has proved this, right? But yet, um, right. you know, as is with most science, you know, uh, science only changes when the scientists of the day have passed away and, you know, given the torch to the new scientists that are, that whose life work is not tied up in the conclusions that the previous scientists made, you know? And, um, you know, it's just such an interesting, um, uh, way of, you know, doing business, shall we say, <laughs> you know, in the world of science. <laughs> yep. um, and I'm glad you brought up fight or flight too, man, because that cannot be over like understated or overstated enough mm-hmm. um, that, you know, most people like I, you know, social media for me has really become just a, a, a breeding ground of experimentation. Like I love, um, like I use social media so different now than I used to. Um, like Facebook for me, right, is just people just arguing all day. And normally, like I'd be really turned off by that. But now it's kind of like my my inner scientist comes out. And I'm like watching these people that are stuck in fight yeah. or flight, right? And I was one of them at one point, mm-hmm. right? Like I stuck in fight or flight. And they're, they're so, you know, uh, attached to their identity, right? Especially like, you know, uh, with politics, right? And we won't even bring that up, but like, just to say, like, you know, the divide and conquer thing, people don't realize, cause again, if they don't learn history, it's deemed to repeat itself, but also if they don't understand how to operate their mind, body, and soul systems, they're not going to be able to even be aware and have the awareness that they're in fight or flight and that they're doing these things that are allowing them to be divided and conquered, you know? So yeah. the whole fight or flight thing is, is, is interesting to me because I watch these people that are just stuck in fight or flight. You can see like if they're actually talking, they're up, they're up regulated, they're breathing, they're in mm-hmm. their sympathetic, right? And they're trying to argue their point to another person who's also in fight or flight, whose identity <laughs> is being challenged, right? So both their identities are being challenged and they're actually expecting to make headway by insulting one another on their identity, mm-hmm. you know? And like, so I'm watching this and mm-hmm. I'm like, Man, like, this is like, just so crazy, you know, because no one's aware Mm -hmm. of this, you know, very few people are aware of it. No one's aware. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the boat with you where, you know, I really, I haven't met one person who understands these things just innately, you know? Um, Right. And, and that's a multifaceted reason, you know, uh, or reasons, uh, to that. But one of the main that I see is that we don't really have wise elders anymore like we once had. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have people mm-hmm. that are passing down, you know, really meaningful and fulfilling traditions, um, at least not mm-hmm. really in the Western world, you know, um, you know, because most of our parents and even grandparents were told like, hey, your job is to work. Right. So they worked their asses off. Right. And they did that perfectly because they honestly thought. And at one point, like, yeah, it was a lot scarcer than it is now in the world. And so, like, the biggest thing was making sure you had food on the table um but in doing so a lot of the traditions from you know great grandparents and great great grandparents have been you know forgotten and lost and um so it's very interesting you know and i'm glad you brought that up Mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that um you know along our journeys you know or throughout our lives we all inevitably face challenging times right 
And I've heard mm-hmm. firsthand about some of the challenges you've faced throughout your life, especially in just the last few years alone. But mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love it if you could speak to those challenges and how you managed to overcome them and find the strength to overcome them. Because I know for a lot of people right now, 2020 has been a hell of a year. You know, a lot of people lost mm-hmm. their jobs. Um, a lot of people are going through really rough patches. And so I really think someone like you explaining how you can get through those challenging times would be very valuable for a lot of people listening that are in that dark night of the soul right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I have, I, I would love to share that. Mm. And I have so, so much empathy, so much compassion for individuals and for the collective. Mm. Um, because I know firsthand the suffering that, uh, is created as a result of a lot of things, a lot of the turmoil that's happening in people's lives. Mm. And I will, um, I will, I will be intentionally using my words carefully as I describe this because I know, uh, many people are very attached to their, to their, to their traumas and their stories and their hurt. And I use these words intentionally because it allows us to open up our perspective to, like you shared earlier, the world just maybe, I'm going to, I'm going to say maybe for now may not be happening to you and may be happening for you. Mm. Just maybe mm-hmm. if we can, if we can hold that, that maybe for just a second. Yeah. And when I say that really what, what I'm alluding to is that all growth comes out of discomfort. All growth comes out of chaos, some form of chaos or turmoil. And it's only, it's only uncomfortable because it's different than what we were just experiencing. So we have this status quo, this default life that we're living, and then something changes. And just by nature of it changing, we're taught that that's uncomfortable. Mm. And that that uncomfortableness is what leads to the suffering because we're attached to going back to the old default model, like the, what we were, status quo of what we were living. Mm. So... If we sit here and I'll, and I'll share some of mine and how this ties in, but one of my, one of my, my, my deepest lessons was this idea around attachment to money, mm. money, 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 like all of my decisions growing up. I grew up, I, we actually were definitely on the lower, lower to the middle class side, but we generally had everything, but there was a sense that like, Oh, money is one of the most important things. I witnessed it from dad. He was working all the time and always out of the house. And so I had a story around money. And what happened was, is I made a decision that led to me losing a lot of money, like over a million, like well over a million dollars, actually multiple millions when I ended up calculating the, the sale of it. But, um, so I made a decision that led to losing millions of dollars. Um, I was making that decision from my ego. And what came of that was so much discomfort because I had tied my entire identity, my success as a husband and a partner, my success as a, a future father, and just my value and self-worth to the numbers in my bank account. And because of that, and then after losing money, I became the lowest value human that I could think of in my mind because all value was tied to the number. And now that the number was less, I was 
I was less valuable as a soul, as a person, as a human. Mm. And was that accurate at all? No, no, not at all. But I had believed it to be so. Mm. And when we believe something to be so, it's true to us. It's accurate to us at that time in that moment. And so when I, when I lost literally everything, I was, I was a millionaire before I was 30, but I dumped all of my personal savings, all my personal net worth into growing, growing this business and scaling this business. I took out 600,000 in business debt. Um, and so not only did I uh, put everything in, I also leveraged my future income or mm. financial health, I guess you will say. Mm. So when I'm talking about like pain, like I was experiencing true suffering. Like I, I considered ending my life. Mm. I had that much attachment to the story around financial success. And when I, when I was losing it all and sabotaging it all, I, I couldn't think of a way, like I couldn't imagine a way out because the way out for me was the same thing that led to the problem. It was attachment to money. And so the way out was attachment to money. And in healing that, what happened was, is that the, um, the, the, I use the word attachment a lot. Like I was attaching freedom and happiness and joy to it. When I healed that, I was able to experience happiness, joy, freedom as a state of being. And what was, what was the learning part for me? cognitively was, oh, I was experiencing more happiness and joy and freedom with significantly less money. So what does that tell us? There's actually no, there's no direct correlation other than the correlation I was making. Mm. And so when I, when I learned that I was able to, I was able to start living and experiencing life the way I wanted without these things. And then once I let go of the attachment to it, I was able to have a healthier relationship to it. And so money would come in much easier. Mm. That actually wasn't the most suffering that I experienced. The, the next one actually hit me even harder. Mm. Um, I, I was together with my, my uh, former wife, I think I just ruined the ending. My former <laughs> wife for uh, for ten years. We've yeah. been married for, for almost five years, and um, when we up until doing this work, there was a sense that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that I mean I just we both ignored everything. We we both ignored the relationship, and so there was a sense that everything was fine externally. Everything was fine. When we started doing this this healing work, it really brought up some. Uh, some codependent patterns and some unhealthy expressions of each other that like we did not want individually. And then we didn't want that of a partner. And so we went through a really, really deep healing phase where I was being called to look at like all of the ways that I was showing up. And that actually came to a head when uh, my, my former wife, she met someone and, asked to separate in like a, like a, like a very short notice. Mm. And so my identity, um, because 
even even stronger than my story of money was my story around husband, protector, provider, future father. Like it was a very traditional masculine role and all of my identity was built around this. And now the thing that I was working for, like I was working my entire life to support uh, a wife and family, hmm. um, basically just came crashing down. So my entire identity was shattered, was hmm. destroyed. And it led me into a really, really deep, deep darkness and depression um, where I, I didn't know what my purpose could possibly be. Because the person that I had, uh, I had believed the, that I loved the most in the world basically just, uh, in my story, abandoned me. Mm. And that hurt so, so much. Mm. Um, one thing I, I'm careful to do is I never, I never compare, uh, I never compare stories as they correlate to suffering because suffering is actually a choice that we make. And how much we choose to suffer is all our subjective decision, and we can never measure that for another person. Yeah. But I will say, on my scale of suffering, it was a lot. Yeah. And um, in that process, there is no other way that I would have been ready to look at the most important lesson that I've ever learned in my entire life had that not happened. Let me say that again. Without that level of pain, discomfort, and suffering, there is no way in this lifetime I would have learned the most valuable and important lesson I could ever live, learn in this lifetime. Yeah. So yeah. that level of suffering was a requirement for me. It was a requirement to grow. And that most important lesson that I learned was how to love and accept myself. Yeah, man. I had never to that point because all of my value was, was driven ex extrinsic externally of the value I could provide for others. And I got really good at that for employees, for clients, my partner, for my friends. I could give really well and I could provide values, value to others, but thought of me being valuable as I am, loving and accepting myself fully, never ever was on my radar and never would have come through without that level of forcing me to look at it. Mm. Universe was like, yeah, we've been trying to give you this, this like lesson. You're not getting it. So we're going to hit you with some hard shit. Yeah. And fortunately I was able to, uh, I've been really supported in that and I've also had the tools and the healing process to, to heal that. And it's allowed me to now doing what I do to be really clear and understand and empathize with people when they're going through this, because I can understand deep, deep levels of darkness. Um, and I can also understand that if we allow ourselves to, if we give ourselves permission to start saying thank you for the like hardest, most shitty challenges in our life right now, even when it's the hardest, it gives the gift or the lesson, the opportunity 
to show up. Mm. It gives the positive some crack in the window to come through. And so that's why I say it's a choice. And I, and I say that very empathetically, and I know when we're in it, it doesn't feel like a choice. Mm-hmm. But when we attach ourselves to our pain, our suffering, our hurt, and when we continue to buy into that story that we're broken, then all we get in return is more broken. Mm-hmm. But if we can start saying thank you for losing my job, losing all my money, losing my losing a family member mm-hmm. or, or getting divorced, God forbid, like losing a child. Yeah. If we can start saying thank you, and I know it doesn't sound logical, but if we can start saying thank you and and asking to be shown the gift in this, the opportunity in this, the lesson in this, it at least has an opportunity to appear. And it may not appear instantaneously, it may not appear tomorrow, may take weeks or months, but without that, without you taking a stand for it, it doesn't ever have an opportunity to show up. So things are happening and shitty things are happening to people. Mm. Shitty things have always been happening to people. The world has always known suffering, pain, discomfort, fear, chaos, always. It's very present to us right now as a collective. So the choice that we can make in these moments is are we going to allow this to be the end of our existence? And I mean that both figuratively and literally. Is this going to be the end of our existence? Or are we going to choose to grow from this? Are we going to take a step forward? even when it's uncomfortable, even when we don't want to. And what we realize very quickly when, you make, when we make the choice to, to choose us as opposed to choosing the story of our suffering, when we make that choice, what we realize, and this goes for anyone listening to this podcast, anyone that has a cell phone, anyone in, in the first world, mm. What we realize we're really avoiding and fearful of is an imaginary story based around a sensation that we're feeling in our body. Mm. And so, I'll say that again. (laughs) So most people are allowing their entire lives to be driven, run, and determined by avoiding what we are calling an uncomfortable feeling in our body. Yeah. Internally. So I say that because most people are not living their lives in danger. They're not. We may believe that we are, but it's a sensation in the body. That feeling of feeling fearful, of being unsafe, that feeling of being judged by others, that feeling of not being enough, that feeling of anxiety, that feeling of depression, all of these feelings are labels for a sensation in the body. 
literally energy is moving in the body and we have been taught that this means something. And so we're creating imaginary stories that are running our entire life. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, again, I have the most empathy and compassion for that because A, it's what I do. And I didn't fucking know this until I was 32, 32, 33 years old. Yeah. And so anyone who's hearing that and is either saying like, like, like that bullshit or I don't get it. Like, yeah, it's because like, this is the secret that nobody wants you to know because Mm -hmm. when you know that you have full control Control in the sense of, of creating the life that you desire, and you don't actually need anyone to tell you what to do, to tell you what to be, to tell you who to marry or who to, or what job to do. And you realize you don't actually need anyone to be an authority over your sovereignty, then you no longer need that. You no longer need really a lot of things. Cool. <laughs> government, religion, authority figures. And that's a, that feels like a dangerous situation for people that don't understand sovereignty. Mm-hmm. But when you step into that choice of being a truly sovereign individual and taking full responsibility for yourself, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, you don't choose harm to yourself or others. You just don't. Mm-hmm. Harm to Harm to self and others only comes out of wounding. And when we heal those wounds, it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I thought of when you mentioned that last part right there is just how much evidence we have around us of our leaders and the people that are supposed to quote unquote lead us, uh, leading with their trauma rather than with their love, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and a lot of people do this, you know, because we're never taught mm-hmm. how to process these feelings. Right. So another thing I thought of, you know, is that consumerism exists, you know, in the way that it is today, uh, because of these stories, you know, because if these stories were not unconsciously running our lives, right. And if we were just able to process these feelings, then like, would retail therapy even be a thing? Like it, you know, it, to me, it's funny that we talk about retail therapy as if like, oh, it's fun, like retail therapy. And it's like, that is right. brutal. Like, because you're basically admitting yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to deal with these feelings. So I'm just going to override them with going out and buying things that are going to rent my happiness for a very short amount of time. And like, yep. and, and I'm with you, like, I, I really have a lot of empathy because I was there, you know, and, and I mm-hmm. understand, you know what I mean? Like I've been there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but that's like why this work is so important because like, mm-hmm. I've always said, even before I really knew what this meant and the meaning has changed for me throughout the years, um, my biggest, you know, priority has always been freedom. You know, and, and mm-hmm. it's funny because I said that as like a 13 year old kid who had, like you said, mm-hmm. no idea what sovereignty or freedom was. Right. No idea. And, yeah. <laughs> and like the meaning has changed for me a lot over the years. But as of now, it's as simple as just being able to do what I want, when I want with who I want and be able to be happy in that. You know, I don't need all the money in the world. I don't need all the things in the world. I just need myself. I need my own self love. And from that, everything can blossom. You know, and Mm -hmm. I loved that you brought up those really challenging times because it's 
complete evidence that our hardships can make or break us depending on our perspectives on the matter, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other cool thing that I thought of was, and you might've even told me this, honestly, um, was that energy takes 90 seconds to move if we don't attach a story Mm -hmm. to it, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and this is why like tremoring, right. And things like that are so important, you know, like, and for those that don't know, like tremoring is basically, and you can probably speak to this way more because of what you do, but Mm -hmm. my, uh, brief understanding of it is like, you know, if an animal almost gets hit by a car goes through a traumatic event or almost gets killed it'll shake it off you'll see it visually shake it off and you know what do we humans do especially men that are you know are supposed to be strong and confident we just we just take the hits and you know we're strong and we just keep going through life and then thank god we can go home and have like eight cocktails you know and you know and then we're strong you know and uh and so one of the things i've been doing is like waking up and like usually when i wake up i have strange dreams sometimes i'm in kind of like the werewolf stage of like waking up not yet awake but not fully asleep like the werewolf stage you know and uh so i'll just tremor you know and and it's just like it's amazing it does so much good for me um so i'd love it if you could like briefly go into like what tremoring is um because i'm probably butchering it a little bit here um i know there's actually a whole like acronym for what it stands for so i'd love if you could dive into that real quick and teach people how they could do it at home yeah yeah it's um tre is uh trauma and tension release exercises and it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's something that um, it, it's very intuitive to all mammals, all animals, yet, and, and it's actually intuitive to us, because every time we teach it to someone, um, like, people's bodies get it if they allow them to, and it just does it. And so what it is, is it's a, um, it's basically a, a an energetic response to moving and clearing energy. And so I'll, I'll take one step back because we didn't get to talk into too much energy yet, Mm -hmm. but energy is essentially what we're, what we're all made of. Energy is moving through us. It is us. And what happens is, is energy is actually designed to move. Uh, stagnant energy is what causes dysfunction, it causes disease, it causes injuries, it causes illnesses um, in the body, and it causes illnesses in the mind, too. So what, what we do is we do a lot of physical practices um, like TRE, the common trauma and tension release exercises, mm-hmm. uh, breath work, some like mobilization stuff. And, and just some energy work to move energy in the physical body um, that it's designed to do. So a lot of, a lot of people, like you, like you using the example of something happens and like uh, the, the guys, they tighten up because they're supposed to be strong. And so what they're doing by that, tight, that tightening up suppression process is they're actually now storing that energy it could have easily moved in 90 seconds. Like it could have been expressed in some way out of our bodies, but instead we're literally hanging onto it and we're driving it deep into our energetic system, into our cells. And so it gets, it stays there until we give it permission to then let go. But what happens is it's actually the opposite. We usually keep holding on to more and more things. We keep storing more and more things. Um, and we see them as, a lot of people think of them as emotions. Emotions literally just means 
uh, in Latin, emoter, it's energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. And so emotions are designed to move, supposed to move. But what happens is when we suppress them, they get, they get uh, to be unhealthy in our system. So we just get energy moving. And the, the, the tremors is one way in which we do that. And it's fantastic, especially for things like the fear response system, um, like anything as it results to like primal safety, which is what a lot of people are going on in the world, like what's happening in the world right now. Um, and people are just in this stuck state of escaping or running from or, or, or surviving. They're all in surviving something. And in the animal kingdom, if you look and you observe animals in the wild, animals are only surviving like a fraction of a percent of the time when they have to run from a predator, they have to like turn on for a split second in the hunt to get food to survive. But the majority of the time they're doing what? They're lying around, they're playing, they're napping, maybe walking, eating. And like this whole process is exactly what we're designed yeah, this whole process is what we're designed to do as humans, but instead we're literally in the survival state most of the time. And even when people sleep, if, if people track their sleep, it's obvious that most people aren't getting real rest because they're even in a stress state at night. And so we give the body permission to downregulate into the parasympathetic. And what comes of that, it can actually be like, <laughs> surprising or uh, it can be frightening to some people or even hilarious because it's so different than what we're conditioned in like culture to like hold it together and like like look this way and act this way because like your body can literally just shake and shake and shake and all it is is energy bleeding off it's literally energy releasing same thing happens when you express verbally like, if you have like, anger rising, what other way is anger going to come out than, like, a, a yell or a, or a roar or a scream or, like, beating your fists on something? And all of that is just energy bleeding off. And same thing with crying or yawning or burping or coughing. All of it is just we have different energetic systems in the body that allow us to move these things, and we're just giving it permission to do so. So the, the, the practice, I would definitely advise people to like go through the series of exercises and just go to TRE, probably TRE.com, but, um, or, or sit with someone who does it. You will never sleep. Like the sleep you get after doing your first TRE session is magnificent. And uh, now I'm at the point to where I've done it so much that, when I drop down and like drop into it, like I can turn it on almost instantly. Like it, it's, it's because my body already knows how to do it. Yeah, dude, that is so damn cool, man. 
you know um i love this technique uh nico showed me it he's like a master of it dude mm-hmm. like watching him do it around the yep. fire in mexico was just like man dude yep. this guy gets it <laughs> and uh yep. and, you know and seeing all you guys do it in uh, colorado too was incredible but getting to spend more one-on-one time with him like he really taught me a lot about it and you're right man like the sleep you get after like you just feel like uh like someone uh uh what's the term when you take a rag and you wring it out yeah you felt like wrung out you know and uh in a, in a good way you know you feel like uh you feel like the feeling you get when like you know maybe you went out last the night night before and you you know partied a little late and you kind of feel like uh groggy and then you take a shower and like for at least like a couple hours you're oh, like yeah. all right i'm together yeah. here <laughs> you know and uh dude you know it's so funny man you know and um you know something i know full well about you chris is that your journey is just getting started, man, you know, and for many people listening, your journey is going to be extremely inspiring as many of the listeners uh, are, are inspiring entrepreneurs, you know, dedicated to paving their own paths. How do you keep yourself inspired and motivated to keep moving forward each day with the challenges life inevitably will throw your way and that we've seen have thrown your way? You know, um, I'm assuming it has something to do with, you know, really understanding your why, you know, and your purpose and how that keeps you going. So I'd love if you could riff on that real quick. Yeah, for sure. And and my my advice here is going to be contrary to a lot of like the business coaches out there because I don't try to stay motivated. I don't try to stay motivated. I don't try to achieve. What I do is I get so clear with what is and what is not in alignment for me that it becomes so obvious when I'm in it and so obvious when I'm out of it. And what that means to me is that if I'm taking an action just to take it because I think I have to be disciplined or I have to keep motivation or I want momentum or I'm trying to earn some income, if I'm just taking action from that place, it feels heavy. It feels like hard work. It feels like I'm pushing or driving something. And if I compare that to when something just feels right for me and I'm taking action from that inspired place, time stands still. I could do it all day long. I'm in complete flow state and everything that I need comes to me. And it's a place that I could, I could live in. I could operate every day in. And that's, that's, not, and that's my intention. It's to be so aligned that my life is that level of flow state. And it often is. And so when I feel, when I feel like I'm working too hard or I'm pushing on something or like something's not working out, or if like I'm getting like clear signs back that this thing isn't working, what I used to do was double down and push even harder back. What I do now is say, okay, cool. Maybe that's not the thing. Let me set this on the shelf for now because it doesn't seem to be working out. And you know what? Maybe there's something else I can try and maybe there's not. Maybe I'm not going to work today maybe there's nothing for me to do today because there's nothing for me to do. 
And that would have been something I never would have accepted previous to doing this work. But what I find is that when, when I give myself permission to just be, to clear my mind, to come from my heart, to feel the emotions that are there, inspiration, creation is always on the other side of that. But we, we can't, we can't force, we can't force creation. It's the reason why musicians and artists and like all these like deeply creative writers, like they escape, they, they escape to solitude. They escape to themselves so that they can reach these deep levels of creation. It, it doesn't come from like checking the boxes every day of like, okay, from nine to 10, I've got to do Instagram posts. And then from 10 to 11, I've got this to do this coaching thing and so I give myself more and more space to allow the things to come through that make the most sense for me in that moment so what I had to do and, and, and people listening are probably like yeah but what about money what about this job what about this thing <laughs> that has to come first that what if is just that's just something that I've healed for myself mm. so like I could care less if I don't make money this month. That's not something that most people are prepared for. Mm. And so that healing process has to come first because you realize that, well, uh, I won't say that. I realize, <laughs> yeah, I realize there's actually no attachment other than the ones that we create. And so when you can get okay with just working from inspiration, just you showing up becomes your work. When you are so aligned that you just showing up is giving your gift to the world, then you don't actually have to work. And that's the way that I view the, the way that I live right now. And, and it's a process that like, you're not going to click there tomorrow. But what I would say is if you're in that place where you're trying, you're, you're seeking to create, you want to have this impact on the world, you want to create a business, work for yourself, is look at all of the things in your life that are not aligned with that vision, that are not leading you towards it. And how much of that can you clear away? Literally just bulldoze it, cut it away, strip it. And if you can strip away the things that don't serve you, the things that need to be there or the things that do serve you will get louder and it will show up more clear. It's just, there's too much in the way. There's too much distraction of all the other things. So get clear or let me get as clear as you can today with what, what is in alignment and then be so, so voraciously committed to cutting away anything that's not that. And if you do that, not only will you be like materialistically successful in whatever that thing is, but you will live with more fulfillment than anyone on this planet. And that is something you cannot actually teach. You can only experience. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's like so powerful. And, you know, a lot of things clicked for me as you were saying that. Um, a lot of wins that came up for me that I was able to be like, whoa, like I've actually like been doing a lot of that as of late, especially since, you know, meeting you in Virginia and just saying yes to the right things. And also, you know, uh, you know, respecting my boundaries and saying no to even things that I want to do. 
Um, because I think mm-hmm. that's part of this equation too, that, you know, after you cut out a lot of the stuff that you know doesn't work for you, there's going to be a time where you have to inevitably cut some things that you want to do, you know, because like for me, like I want to do a million mm-hmm. different things, you know, <laughs> but there's like three yep, things that I yep. really want to do, you know? And so, uh, yeah, man, I love that, you know, and, and, I love that you talked about, you know, like solitude and, you know, and creativity and how it comes forth. And I really think that's what you guys were, you know, capturing. You can tell me if I'm wrong when, when you made the saying, be the light, you know, for training camp, like, you know, uh, by being the light, right. And by giving yourself that time to create energy and, and cultivate energy within oneself, you're able to go out and just be the light and just, and that's what you, I think you meant when you said like just showing up as you is going to be inspiration for so many. And that's been my experience ever since I really just accepted myself for who I was and who I am. And, you know, really just said, okay, now where do I go from here? And, you know, it's funny you mentioned like, Another segment too that made me think about, uh, you know, the, the saying you can't solve a problem from the same level of thinking that created it. I believe Einstein said that. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, yeah. it reminds me of like how I used to try to solve problems. And I'm sure some people <laughs> listening would, and would agree. And, you know, I'm sure that you ha- went through this too, Chris is like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, most people like think of like the, the brain, right? As like when you're overthinking, you're overwhelmed. Think of like a traffic jam, right? And so what does so many of us do? You know what? We better put 40 more cars into the traffic jam. That yeah. will make it better, you know? <laughs> we better try to outthink this shit. Sure. You know? It's definitely going to make it better. Yeah. 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 And it, it's just. I'm, oh, sorry. We're going to say. Laughing because. Yeah. Yeah, I'm laughing at seriously because that was definitely me. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like, I'll take nail on the head for 500, please, you know? And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. so funny, man, you know? And, and for everyone listening, like, just give yourself time to be, you know? And I know, like, what Chris mm-hmm. is saying is going to be, you know, challenging, you know? Like, just, what am I supposed to just, like, exist? And it's like, yes, because yeah. when you give yourself <laughs> yeah. that time to, like, why do you think monks are a thing, right? Like, monks are right. meditating almost 24 hours a day so that they can become enlightened because they're there's such a a deep source of wisdom within all of us, right? And that's where like this whole coaching thing goes, right? It's tapping into that innate, you know, infinite resource of wisdom within each one of us. And, you know, our mind is like the the four-year-old who wants to yell over everyone. And the soul is like the grandparent whose voice isn't that strong, you know, but if you listen, he's really got, or she's got really got some wisdom to tell you, you know? So you have to get the mind quiet in order to have the heart come through, you know, and the soul come through. And so um, I love that message, man. I'm 100% in congruence with that <laughs> you know and uh I love that. yeah man chris my brother this has been such an epic conversation and i'm so grateful <laughs> you could stop by to share your time with the listeners and me today the journey you've gone on and shared here today is going to serve so many listeners and you know into realizing that life's challenges and apparent obstacles are just opportunities to improve and discover our true nature as individuals and how our unique pieces of the puzzle we call life fit into the grand puzzle we call existence you know and uh where can our you know where can our people find more about you where can our listeners find more about you where can they connect with you and find more about training camp um you know all the endeavors you have going on where they where can they find you yeah the the most uh the most consolidated place is instagram at chris marhefka my name um that's where i am most active uh and i talk about share a lot about 
the conversation we had and much more. Um, and if people are interested in the work I do with Training Camp for the Soul, it's just trainingcampforthesoul.com. Um, we have a, a class that's actually beginning in about, about eight days. So that's the next opportunity to work with me there. Um, and then I have some other uh, retreat opportunities and opportunities to work with me. Uh, the best way to to, uh, to find out about those, since most of those I don't really promote or market, is uh, just uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll, I'll connect you in the right place. Um, I, I find that um, no matter where you start, the most important thing to do is take action. So if you are interested in anything that I have to say, go ahead and take, take action um, by, by reaching out. And, and I definitely engage with every person that, that sends me a, a follow. So um, I genuinely am, am curious and interested in how I can support people. So yeah, please reach out and um, thank you, Ryan, for, for this amazing conversation. Yeah, man, you are so welcome, man. I've been wanting to do this uh, for a long time. We've been talking about <laughs> this for, God, a couple of months now, you know, since we met. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to double down on what you just said, uh, the retreats are amazing, guys. Um, I'm actually starting in that training camp course in eight days. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny, you know, when I was, um, when I was in uh, Oregon at the retreat, I ended up, uh, Rachel and I ended up sleeping in a camper with, uh, this guy, Robbie and this girl, Kay. And we were hanging out yeah. one night shooting the shit and we realized we're all going to be in the same training camp. And it was just so funny. I'm like, how do we yep. end up in the camper with the two people doing training camp too? So it was just really cool, yeah. man. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. normally I'd be like, that's crazy. But actually that's just how life works. You know, if you're willing to listen yep. <laughs> and say yes to the right yep. things and, you know, listen to your heart. Um, my final question for you, Chris, is mm-hmm. if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Chris Marhefka suggest that change be? Slow down. Slow down your breath. Slow down your body. Slow down your, your how fast you walk. Slow down your how fast you talk. Just slow down. What will happen is when you slow down consciously, when you slow down your system, what it does is it slows down those distractors, those protectors. It slows down the thoughts of the ego mind that are keeping you stuck in the same patterns that are repeating over and over again. By slowing down, you create some space to at least have awareness of what's happening, happening for yourself, happening with the world. When you slow down enough, and eliminate the distractions, you get to see at least a sliver of light that you are the creator of your life. And that awareness is invaluable. And again, it's not something that can be taught. It's only something that can be experienced. And the quickest way I know to do that is to slow everything down. Yeah. I can attest to that, guys. That has been the last year of my <laughs> life. And I think we've all been, uh, you know, forced into that, um, you know, this year with quarantine <laughs> and everything. And uh, so much beauty <laughs> has come from that experience for me and uh, hoping for all of you listening as well. Guys, I have to say that is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Uh, Chris is an absolute <laughs> wealth of info and is a kind soul, truly focused on leveling up the collective consciousness of humanity one soul at a time. 
I encourage anyone listening to this right now who resonated with his message and voice to reach out to him to discover all the amazing ways he can add value and purpose and love to your life. Oh, and speaking of love, doing this show and hearing all the wonderful things you guys have shared with me fills my cup with immense love. I would be so grateful if you could share the show with anyone and everyone you love so that we can all play a part in bringing more love to our individual and collective worlds. Because as the Beatles famously said, all you need is love. Chris, thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing what you do and for hopping onto the show today with us. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love to you. Namaste, brother. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.